This is Reimagining Healthcare, a podcast about innovation in the healthcare industry. It's a show for healthcare business owners, for healthcare professionals, for industry investors, and health tech entrepreneurs. On the show, I talk to health tech and healthcare innovators to uncover how they're reimagining and building a world of seamless digital healthcare experiences and how that fits into people's lives. I'm your host, Yanni Sapanos. Today, I'm speaking with Christian Doran, founder and CEO of Recovery VR. It's a virtual reality platform supporting physical rehab, pain management, and mental health therapy. In this first part of the interview, Christian shares the journey he took from being a filmmaker into health tech, and specifically how virtual reality could be used to enhance relationships between clients and their providers within the fields of rehab, pain management, and mental health to start with. Let's jump in. Well, hey there, Christian. How are you doing today? Good, thank you. Yanni, how are you? Fantastic, mate. All right, so um, a, a quite a bit to unpack today. Uh, I've been really looking forward to interviewing you because of the uh, convergence of the trajectory of your life to bring you into the uh, the health tech space, um, yeah. and and a, a really interesting project that's unfolding with Recovery VR. So I, I guess uh, as a bit of uh, pretense, um, what's the backstory before you started Recovery VR? What were you occupying yourself with that kind of um, set you up with the foundation to be able to do something like Recovery VR? Yeah, look, what, what Recovery VR is still, I'm still kind of doing the same thing. Um, I, I've spent the last 15 years in the film industry, so I've been project managing and producing and first ADing and all, all sorts of things in the, the film industry with uh, a range of kind of multi-million dollar, you know, million plus film, dollar films. Um, and, uh, you know, it's all been about content creation, right? And that was to entertain people. There was always a outcome of making people want to see the film and um, enjoy, enjoy the experience. And now I am creating content for people to, help them rehabilitate and i and i don't actually see that as that different it is it is a i the goal is to entertain um the goal is to make them want to experience the 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 content that we've created uh and um you know it's it's just and i i just feel like it's actually more important i i feel like i'm i'm doing something that's um uh, really, you know, giving giving something to the world. I, I so I so I really hope that the the clients of Recovery VR feel the same. Yeah, I look to me, it seems like um, an obvious convergence uh, as well. That kind of ability to tell a story and to be able to create that uh, in a digital environment um, will draw quite heavily on that experience in filmmaking. You know, being yeah. able to identify uh, the you know, the journey that a person's going through in, in participating with that story and engaging with it um, and staying with it right through to, to the very end. And I guess that um, is kind of a, a nice little summary, I guess, of how the filmmaking in your background um, has been useful in setting up Recovery VR. Um, what was the catalyst for focusing on healthcare yeah. and kind of moving away from uh, filmmaking and entertainment and um, information creation and what have you to move into healthcare? 
You know, that that's that's just part of my um, career course, I suppose. You know, you, you eventually kind of uh, um, tire of what you're doing or, or look for something new. And I actually looked for something completely different than, than healthcare. It was, it was, I, I, I got really interested in 360 video. I got really interested in virtual reality. Uh, and I started playing around with um, game production. Uh, and, uh, and I had this idea to create a a fitness app that allowed people to jog and, and exercise in real world environments. So anywhere in the world. Um, but that just, um, you know, that, that felt great. That was working great. And we kind of built a prototype around that. But um, uh, when I started talking to people, I just went out and started talking to people and what came out of it was that um, rehabilitation was, was an exercise that, that, um, was necessary, was needed, you know, and to motivate that exercise was much more important than someone, you know, trying to just trying to stay fit or, you know, something, something fun to play um, in virtual reality. Uh, it, it actually had a lot more um, uh, meaning. Uh, and I was, I, I ended up at the AIS, um, the Australian Institute of Sport, and someone mentioned rehabilitation. And, I was, uh, and it was just a throwaway comment. And that completely changed the course of my, what I wanted to do with my life. Um, I delved into the research and it was all so important. Like there was so much research to say that um, there was that there was great benefits to to um, you know virtual reality and rehabilitation, and there was not barely anything on the market. So so you know I just thought, well, I I can help people um, and motivate them to do more. So why not? Yeah, it's really quite fascinating. I, I I've spoken to so many founders uh, on the show and and also through the course of my professional life, and it's um it's always fascinating the way life has those little intersections, those little, almost like little pinball, um, you know, pads there just nudging you in a certain direction and, uh, you know, a pathway kind of reveals itself. Mm. So it's um, sort of interesting that that's fairly consistent with your mm. own uh, experience there. So you um, you got inspired mm. and thought, mm. all right, let's do this. Let's let's bring some uh, virtual reality mm. into, into healthcare. And, um, and what you, you talk, you're sort of talking a lot. I know, I know now you kind of contextualize recovery VR to cover sort of rehab and uh, pain management and even mental health, which is, which is interesting. And we'll come, mm. we'll come to mental health in a moment. Um, but it sounds as though the, um, the, the physical, uh, side of healthcare was kind of your first opportunity. Is that has anything changed in that direction at all? Uh, you know, have there been any pivots mm-hmm. along the way? Um, yeah, any <laughs> several imagine. pivots. Um, you, you learn, you learn, yeah. you learn from your clients. You know, you just understand. You know, stroke, stroke was our was our um, core. Um, you know, it, it made sense that stroke stroke rehabilitation because it has so many kind of morbidities around it. It was it was it made sense to help people um, do physical activity uh, with, uh, after after stroke or, or in your long term stroke rehab process. So um, so yeah, physical rehab is actually still our core. Still, it's still there, but we are branching out. Um, so since since the beginning. We had, you know, 40 or so um, physical activities that clinics would use um, as part of their practice to engage their patients, you know, just to make it just to make it more interesting. But then it became obvious when we started releasing it to, to the public that it actually had a lot more benefit in a person's home. You know, you can go to the clinic, uh, clinical session in the gym and you work with someone and that's fine. You go home and you're supposed to do 
lots more exercise every day to to achieve your rehab goals. Um, so actually having a device like VR that motivates that in the home is actually going to help people a lot more. So that was the first pivot. We've built a web portal with telehealth and, and prescriptions and met and kind of measurement. Um, so that was the kind of, that was the first pivot. But then, as you say, um, we've worked, we've drifted into chronic pain and and mental health because, as I said, there's so many comorbidities with stroke that you know chronic pain is uh, is a is an obvious one. Like a lot of people who have you know tension in their muscles or, or you know who or actually don't get enough exercise often develop other conditions like chronic pain. So um, it, it was it was obvious to us that we needed to provide something. So we started to build a library of chronic pain uh, applications as well. But then there's also anxiety and depression, uh, which affects everyone whose life changes so significantly like a, after a stroke. So um, so we've got a whole range of, of different kind of guided meditations, um, eco, like forest bathing, ecotherapy, and some phobia exposure um, for people who have spent a lot of time in, indoors and, you know, are afraid to get on public buses and, and, and those sorts of things. Um, so those sorts of things were just added on as part of that working with people with that neuro injury who needed physical activity as well as these other things. But as we are moving forward now, we are um, going further down the rabbit hole, let's say, with um, chronic pain and mental health. Um, we, I know that VR can do so much more in those spaces. And, I'm, and again, I'm looking at the research coming out of all around the world and it's just pointing towards that VR taking over your kind of auditory and visual inputs can um, help you relax more, um, can, can do things to your um, uh, experience of the world that can reduce pain. Like it's and it's and it's extremely extremely um, effective. Um, so we want to provide that as well. We want we want to we want a full package for somebody to, no matter what kind of uh, range of conditions they're experiencing, we want to be part of that recovery process. You know, we're we're sticking with rehabilitation across the board, and now we're thinking about it in terms of getting it into people's homes and and connecting them with specialists through our telehealth functionality too make it accessible and low cost for everyone that's that's the plan <laughs> it's awesome i was um i was going to ask you about sort of you know the 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 current versus you know vision state mm. that um that you have mm. in terms of where it's going so um i guess why don't we why don't we start with um what it is uh actually no let's let's talk about let's talk about your vision yeah, like, you know sure. what what's what is the big vision for recovery vr Look, I, I'm, I'm really excited about this at the moment because it's actually come together. We've been building uh, the second version of the product for, for um, uh, about six months now and it start, it's really starting to piece together all the little bits and pieces we've been building. So I'm, I'm really excited about the, the future of Recovery VR and what, what it's going to be is actually a kind of a modular system where um, if, if, a, if a, a client, a patient um, only needs... Um, uh, the physical side of things. It's actually cheaper just to have the physical applications and you can, but if you need more, you can buy different modules and people with just mental health problems can, you know, so so it's actually turning into a platform um, of different conditions. We have a pipeline of all sorts of different um, things that I know that VR can, can help with like ADHD, um, autism spectrum disorder, um, concussion, 
you know, um, uh, vestibular problems, all sorts of things. So we're, we're working with uh, experts um, in these fields to build up um, really evidence-based therapies within the, within the recovery VR kind of platform environment. Um, but beyond that, we're also making the world of recovery VR open. Um, so it's not just a menu and you pick things. It's a place where you feel at home. Um, so you've, we've built a house and, and you're next to a lake and there's a forest nearby. And you can walk around these places and find the activities that interest you the most and, and play them. And all of the reward system, you know, what I've learned through, through game production and playing games, being a gamer, is is the reward system is just, it's something, the dopamine factor of, of achieving some sort of silver medal or something like that is actually a huge motivator. I've done boring, repetitive things over and over to achieve some arbitrary medal within a game. Uh, and and, and we're, we're, we want to use those, those um, factors that have been developed over decades and decades within the gaming industry to motivate um, uh, an increase in, in rehabilitation rates and the effectiveness of that rehabilitation. So, so it's, it's, you know... Um, uh, open world, and that's that's just phase two. Um, so phase three of recovery VR is actually very much more social. Um, it will be, uh, uh, you know, where you can play against other people with um, similar abilities to you, meet people um, in in group um, mental health um, kind kind of uh, situations. Um, so the multiplayer aspect is kind of phase three. So so that that is coming, but it's um, maybe a year off, uh, and um, very excited about that because we get we get you know people want to race other people, um, people want to meet other people um, and we can facilitate that and and you can do it in a virtual environment that is happy and clean and and, um, and you know uh, enjoyable um, we want people to have fun we want people to socialize and we want people to uh, get better and 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 all of those things should point towards that that rehabilitation process so that yeah that's that's my vision I suppose that's um, that's a big vision um, I'm, I'm glad you clarified about the open world because I could actually see that coming in terms of what you're explaining about it and that the obvious ramifications of that would be the community uh, and getting that type of peer um, grouping and support um, uh, you know, I've, I've uh, gamed a lot over the years as well and I understand some of the some of the benefits and value of being in those types of uh, open world multiplayer uh, type environments. Um, but this is uh, taking it to a level where it's much more uh, focused on the, uh, the healthcare benefits. And what I find interesting in what you're saying yeah. is that when you research, research the literature as to what is digital health, um, it talks about um, two sort of broad... Uh, domains or fields. So obviously there's the technology side and, um, you know, virtual reality, machine learning, artificial intelligence. There's a lot of uh, that kind of discussion uh, in the field. And then on the other side, there's um, the clinical uh, side of things and what that experience is like for the, um, for the recipient. And, you know, they talk about digital health interventions. Uh, they talk about therapeutics, for example, um, but they also talk about uh, collaborations, uh, some aspects of what's called social prescribing or uh, collaborative uh, support uh, type models. Uh, and I'm hearing a lot of that um, theoretical overlay in what your vision is for Recovery VR um, because it's um, it doesn't seem to me that it's it's strictly speaking a 
for lack of a better term, uh, uh, something to consume directly by yourself. Um, and it's, it's not, it's not intimating that it's going to be absent of a therapist. Um, and so, you know, you're bringing that community, that collaboration, you're bringing therapists, you're creating a virtual world, um, essentially that is projecting, I guess, the way the real, real world would otherwise operate, but benefit greatly from the asynchronous and synchronous opportunities that the technology provides for facilitating the continuity beyond the real world traditional appointment model. Would that be a, a sort of a fair summary? Oh yeah, there's there's a lot to unpack in there. Actually, <laughs> you know, um, the like like what what I'm really hoping Recovery VR can do is is bridge the gap in between um, inpatient care and outpatient care, right? So so it's it's about finding finding a safe space um, that that can you can learn to to be a part of in in the hospital and and take home and continue on that therapy while it's all clinician driven. So. If you think about the, the three phases of recovery, the uh, phase two is definitely around connecting the clinician and the patient. Um, so through prescriptions, through telehealth. So in in this new version, the the clinician will be um, uh, the uh, like like our like a like a, a web conferencing application will be in the VR experience through their webcam. So the person walking around will be able to see the clinician and and work with them. Um, phase three, obviously, that clinician will be in VR too, and they will be a full bodied avatar. But right now, we've we're just it's 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 about connecting. Um, the the um, you know uh, easier and and you know that has huge ramifications for um, people in remote communities um, who don't have access to specialists right we we are trying to provide access to healthcare um, in a, and when you're talking about physical activity you know a lot of physios had a lot of trouble um, uh, delivering telehealth because it's because it's 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 just not in a 3D environment, it was all 2, 2D. So, so I think VR is a real solution for that. Um, um, something else that you kind of mentioned was that uh, you know the, the the virtual world is is kind of designed so that yeah, it's it's about learning that independent living. So um, that the house is actually born from all of the feedback from occupational therapists. Occupational therapists want activities of daily living. Um, brushing your teeth, putting on clothes, cooking, that sort of stuff. In that house, there is going to be a range of activities that are completely gamified. So, so brushing your teeth isn't just about brushing your teeth. It's about how, you know, which, which teeth are yellow and can you get to them and, you know, and a point system and all that, all of those little dopamine kind of uh, gamification elements. Um, but, yeah, that's that's really where the open world kind of started, that feedback from occupational therapists. They want they want them to to um, practice those real-world applications and, and so that they can do them in the real world, but, you know, in a, in a safe and, and fun way. Um, so, you know, yeah, so, yeah, phase, phase two is still, it still has that social element. It's just with your your healthcare provider um, who, who is directing you towards the uh, activities and, and, and elements that are going to work towards your uh, rehab goals. Uh, um, but then in phase three, you will be, you'll have that direction, but then be working with people who have similar goals uh, and you can, you can um, have, meet new friends and just experience um, the world in a, in a new way, you know, a fun way that, that is full of, um, 
good people and good times, you know. Yeah, I think in, in, intuitively a lot of us can relate to how important it is to find that peer group that's kind of either going through yeah. it or been through it uh, because you have that yeah. sense of um, support uh, that is, um, I found in my life to be extremely beneficial. You know, it's it's hard to talk to somebody who, uh, when when you're not in good health, it's hard to talk to somebody who's in perfect health. You know, they're, they're not going to empathise yeah. with, um, with what you're going through and uh, some of the... Um, some of the inner journey you have to go through in order to overcome the uh, barriers or restrictions that yeah. are getting in your way uh, to, you know, sort of overcome or, you know, sort of rewrite some behavior, you know, that can get yeah. you back on track. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, I had a fantastic feedback email from a, a, a patient client um, a couple of days ago who, who called doctors numpties <laughs> because they, they didn't have the lived experience of what she was going through. Um, you know, I, I, I feel that was a, that was a great example of kind of um, needing and wanting that, that kind of interaction with people who actually understand um, what, what, you know, absolutely what it feels like inside, not, not from a, from that clinical clinical perspective. Yep. So, so currently, your your current model is focusing on that relationship between the therapist and the and the client. Mm-hmm. Um, how flexible is recovery VR in terms of a therapist being able to um, contribute or create uh, some of the programs? Or, or uh, and tell me if I'm thinking about this wrong, but the the care plan that mm-hmm. they would otherwise mm-hmm. want to. Um, engage that client on in terms of achieving the, the respective goals. Um, yeah. Is it something where, you know, for lack of a better term, those types of blueprints are something that Recovery VR has installed in the system or is it something that the provider can also customise and write some of those some of those blueprints? Or am I not, mm-hmm. not getting the, the gist yeah. of Recovery VR? No, no, you're... No, you're absolutely on the on the on the right path um, because you know, the, the, and it's a line that is very very hard to tiptoe along. Um, where we want everything to be clinician driven, so it's uh, we try not to prescribe, you know, create the blueprint too much, but we do want to make it easy for the clinician to find the right applications within. The, you know, there's 80 applications right now. So understanding exactly what every one of those does is very hard. So we we do, um, uh, you know, suggest certain applications, but then building the structure around what kind of activities that person should be doing every day is is up to the clinician. We, we do make suggestions, but it's completely malleable. So we have a prescription system that where clinicians can set up kind of a playlist of activities, this one for five minutes, this one for three minutes. You might, um, you know, um, go in between a, a very physical activity and give the, give the patient a rest with a bit of mental health, you know, forest bathing or and then back into tennis or something like that. Um, so, so, you know, building up because it's, it's really about that personal relationship between the clinician and the patient that really is the most the most effective and important thing. Um, what does that patient? What is that patient motivated by? We we don't know that. Um, the, the clinician has to actually have some sort of in you know um, insight into the patient's kind of life and their, their their interests. And so those things will be what will be prescribed most. Um, and uh, with with our new system, um, the goal the goal setting system, it's it's absolutely around you know the the, the clinician can set 
four different goals, and it might be um, shoulder flexion of 120 degrees. Um, and every everything that it works on shoulder flexion would be suggested. And, it, and it's about building not just one prescription because variety is a big part of this. You know, if you go home, if you, if you tell someone to go home and do this exercise for, you know, an hour a day, the one thing over and over and over, it gets boring and people give up. Um, so variety is a big part of what we can offer to motivate that patient. If, if you can do something different every day within a, within a two-week period and then you start again, it, it feels like you're doing something new all the time. Uh, and, that, and that's a big part of, of actually that person wanting to do, the, <laughs> do their rehabilitation exercises. Um, uh, so, yeah, we, while we suggest no, it, uh, it's, it, it needs to come from the clinician. It's, it's, it's really important that that is the core of, of the therapy. That's really great. I, uh, to me, that sounds like the the right approach. It's um, it's empowering the community of providers to be able to design uh, and standardise the way that they would like to work with um, a person with a particular issue. But, but I guess the logical yeah, extension of yeah. that is that you're um, you've got a platform there that um, will start to take on a life of its own over time. In terms of you in, uh, going to be encouraging um, some of your uh, provider community or or perhaps developers that they work with to uh, build some applications um, and introduce them into the, the recovery VR framework? Yeah, that's, that's an interesting question because it's actually happening. Um, we've, we've, we're working with a group in, in, in Queensland um, who are building some mental health applications that they need to work with uh, war veterans. Uh, so that that is, and that will be integrated into into the platform, um, so that they can deliver what that what they want. So that's actually happening organically. But you know, to give you some perspective on on what we've built, like the eighty that we've built so far, they've nearly all. I've been talking. To, I, I talk to probably a clinician every day, and sometimes sometimes three. Um, and and everything that's in the application at the moment is is based on a suggestion. You know, um, I my you know a lot of my patients want to do this. They have lost the ability to do this. So then, uh, you know, I go away and talk to the guys about, hey, why don't we why don't we build something that that um, lets lets them do that in a in a therapeutic way. Um, so you know, um, we take it's uh, you know we're real very much about feedback and with with that with the kind of phase two um working with experts it's really it's really so that we can drill down into what they do in their actual practice and facilitate that in in virtual reality so so extending that practice into the home um you know and and you know relying on them to to make sure that we're, we're doing the right things so that we're um um, providing the right therapy um, from people who have been doing it every day for for you know twenty years. Um, that's that's that, those are the people yep. who should be designing the applications, not me. <laughs> yep, yep. No, it makes a lot of sense. Thanks for listening. Next week, we pick up the second half of the interview with Christian and move the discussion further into the fascinating field of virtual reality, open worlds, and the types of opportunities for further enhancing the healthcare service delivery and therapeutic model between providers and their clients. This podcast is produced in collaboration with HealthTechX, where we are working toward a world of integrated digital health empowerment for all people. If you'd like more info on how to get involved, head over to the website, healthtechx.com. 
www.thepodcast.com.au. Or if you have any feedback about the show, you can reach out to me directly on LinkedIn, Instagram, or email by following the links in this episode's show notes. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to Reimagining Healthcare in your podcast app. And if you like what you heard, leave us a five-star review. It really helps other people find the show. I'm your host, Yanni Sopanos, and I'll speak to you in our next episode.